Hello and welcome back to I Listen to Everything, the podcast where we break down every music genre that we know of or that we discover. That and you know of. I don't know a lot. <laughs> I'm joined back with my co-host, Andrew. Hello. Did you Did you miss being on the podcast last week? Yes, I did, but it was cool hearing Danny talk. So yeah, it was have it was nice having my dad on the podcast, especially for that genre. If you haven't listened to the last podcast, it was about progressive rock. Give it a listen because it was a fun one. My dad was my was our second guest on the podcast, but we will have others. We will definitely have others for sure. But today, I'm very excited about today. This is actually the one that I the genre that I wanted to talk about last week, but because you were busy, we ended we're going to do it now. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk about it is because well, the reason I thought of it is because as we know, Harry Belafonte passed away on April 25th. That was a few weeks ago at 96 years old. So he popularized the style of music from the Caribbean known as Calypso. Oh, it was him. Yes. I will say, though, that he... So Harry Belafonte, he was a very famous American singer. He was actually born in the States. Mm-hmm. And he was also an actor and an activist who popularized the genre called Calypso. But the genre actually comes from Trinidad and Tobago. That's correct. And Harry Belafonte was, didn't have Trinidadian background. He, had, he didn't have a Trinidadian background. He had Jamaican parents. That's right. Yeah, so you know about Belafonte from your parents. Yeah, I know the name. But other than that, uh, I'd probably be mad that I didn't remember about the Calypso part. But... <laughs> well, I didn't know that he was a Calypso singer. I just knew his songs because they've been popular in certain movies that we're going to be talking about later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I thought about, I mean, I saw this video about how he was like this activist. And I was like... Wow, that's so, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know about that, um, about his life. He was a political and humanitarian activist. He actually was one of M, uh, was one of um, Martin Luther King's confidants back in the 60s. He was mm. like a civil rights activist. Okay. He contributed to the 1961 Freedom Rides, where, like, activists rode the interstate buses into the segregated South. He refused to perform in the American South when there was segregation. He helped organize the March on Washington in 1963. So all of these different things that he did in his life, I was like, that's, I mean, he was 96 years old, so he lived right. a long life. But the, what I want to say is crazy is you studied all this in school and they didn't mention him in your courses a lot, did they? Well, I mean, he was a singer. Like he was in, I mean, when you learn about it in school, you learn about like, you know, the activists like Martin Luther King and all these people. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did mention it, I just don't remember. But yeah, it was pretty cool to... To learn about. It's just crazy, like how you have like they'll mention Muhammad Ali or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's true. Yeah, never heard much about Harry. That's true. Yeah, this surprised me. I didn't know that about him. But then when I did research on Calypso for this episode, it makes sense that he was an activist because Calypso has a very interesting history that we're going to talk about today. I'm very excited about it. It actually has a very like political history. I did not know that. Yeah, a lot of Caribbean music in general is seen as like this happy thing where like oh you dance you know it's caribbean music but uh, a lot of caribbean music actually has like this very political side to it well reggae of course mm-hmm. but calypso as well and calypso originates in trinidad so that's what we're going to be talking about today so let's get into the overview of the genre so calypso is a style of caribbean music that originated in trinidad and tobago during the early to mid 19th century and it spread to the rest of the caribbean by the mid 20th century the rhythms of Calypso come from a West African style of music called 
I don't know how to say this word, and I tried looking up how to say it, but it's. <laughs> I think it's just another like a. I think it's called queso, so K A I S O, and I think that that's where calypso comes from, like the word comes from. All so right. I don't know if they say like queso or whatever, but it's a type of music that originated with the Ifik and Ibibio people of Nigeria. So if you don't know about the history of the Caribbean, like the United States and a lot of North America and America, well, all of America in general, (laughs) there is a part of the history where Europeans brought people from Africa as enslaved peoples into the Caribbean to work on plantations. And obviously, this is a very horrible history that we a lot of us know about from the United States, of course. We've heard all the horror stories, especially. I feel like a lot of people are learning more about it now because mm-hmm. of what happened in the last few years. But um, it happened in the Caribbean as well. I don't know if everyone knows that, but it did. My family does. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for those who don't know, Andrew's family, so his parents are both from Jamaica. So the, the people that they brought from Africa mostly come from West Africa. So Nigeria and other countries in West Africa. Mm-hmm. So the style of music came from the West African uh, called Kaiso or Queso. And it comes from the Ifik and Ebibio people of Nigeria. Uh, as well as the arrival of French planters with the people that they enslaved from the French Antilles. It's characterized by highly rhythmic and harmonic vocals. So historically, it was often sung in French Creole, led by a griot. So griot is a West African historian, storyteller, singer, poet, or musician. So in this case, it was a singer, but mm. also like a historian. Like th- that's what they would sing in the in the music. Mm. And French Creole, I didn't know that about the about Trinidad and Tobago that it was occupied by France as well by the French people. I wasn't aware. If I was aware, I completely forgot. Yeah, it was, it was like originally, well, I don't know if, I think originally actually it was like Spain or something, but then after it was France and then it was British. So as it developed, the role of the griot became known as a chanterelle and eventually a calypsonian. I think it was actually chantwell, but it's spelled C-H-A-N-T-U-E-L-L-E. And that like reminds me of the word chante in French. Yeah. So it comes from that. And Calypso eventually migrated into English since English was replacing Patois as the dominant language and it attracted more attention from the government because of this. So it allowed Calypso to play this important role in political expression since it allowed the masses to challenge the unelected politicians. And Calypso in the Caribbean includes a range of different genres. So in Antigua and Barbuda, it's called Bena. In Jamaica, there's a style of folk music that's called Mento, which your mom was telling me about yesterday, remember? Yeah, she did. Yeah, so I, I was asking Andrew's mom if she knows anything about Calypso because she she liked Harry Belafonte. And she right. was like, well, in Jamaica, it was there was a different style called Mento. And I was like, oh, it's so cool. I read about that. And then I replied with the Fresh Maker. The Fresh Maker. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> My family must hate me. Trying to talk about history, Andrew's like, oh, like, it's a mint. <laughs> anyway, so Mento is the style of Jamaican folk music, which also greatly influenced ska and reggae later on. Mm-hmm. We have in uh, a, bar- a style of Barbadian popular music. I don't know how to say this either. It's spouge or spooge. I don't know. Um, and then there's there's uh, Dominica. They have something called Cadence Lipso, which mixes Calypso with the cadence of Haiti. And there's Soca music. So Soca is a style of Calypso with influences from Chutney, Soul, Funk, Latin, and Cadence Lipso. Soca actually comes from Soul of Calypso. Like it's the two combined to make Soca. No one ever told me that. Yeah. And Soka is like the more popular version of Calypso nowadays. I heard Soka when I was a kid. I, I definitely have heard of Soka before. I mean, I've heard of Calypso, but um, 
I didn't know like this whole history behind it, which we're going to get into now. So it develops in Trinidad in the 17th century from queso or queso and canboulet music. So canboulet is like this precursor to carnival, Mm -hmm. which is like a big music festival. Mm -hmm. And it was brought by enslaved Africans to the Caribbean islands to work on sugar plantations. So when they worked on plantations, they were obviously stripped of all the connections to their homeland and their family. They weren't allowed to talk in their language. So they used Calypso as a way to communicate and and also mock the slave masters, which I thought was cool. And then modern Calypso begins in the 19th century, and it's a fusion of different elements. So there's the masquerade song Lavoe, which is like a call and response chant that is used when working, marching, or cheering on stick fighters. And stick fighting, it's called Kalinda. It's like a practice that was observed during Carnival that it's the national, it's national martial art of Trinidad and Tobago. I didn't know about that. There's cool. like this national martial art called stick fighting. And the Chantwells would sing the Lavoes to cheer on the stick fighters. Speaking of Carnival, I just wanted to give like a quick history behind that. So Carnival today is, it's held Monday and Tuesday before Ash Wednesday. And it's celebrated in many cities worldwide where there's like a big Caribbean diaspora. So there's Toronto's Caravana, there's Miami's Carnival, there's Houston Carafest, there's uh, London's Notting Hill Carnival, which is a pretty big one. And there's New York's Labor Day Carnival. I think there's one in Montreal too. And I forget what it's called now. Is that Jump Up? Is that something that happens in Montreal? Never really went to it, but I think that's just one you're talking about. Okay. Yeah, so it's a festival that's associated with so- soca music and calypso music. It's known for colorful costumes and exuberant celebrations. The origin comes from... So these French plantation owners, they held these masquerades before the fasting of Lent. And the enslaved peoples, they performed... They formed their parallel celebration because they weren't allowed to be in the celebrations. called Canboule, and it comes from the word can brûlé, which is another French term. For crème brûlée? No, for <laughs> for <laughs> burning sugarcane, like oh, okay. cane burning. It's, yeah, so it's a precursor to carnival, and it plays an important role in the development of music in Trinidad. It was a harvest festival, so there was drums, singing, dancing, and chanting. It's where Calypso has its roots, and it developed into an outlet for the formerly indentured laborers and enslaved peoples following the emancipation in 1834. And when we talk about indentured labor, so after slavery was abolished, they brought in indentured laborers from other countries. And indentured laborers or servitude is basically just like a, another form of slavery. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh, we're not going to pay you right now. <laughs> and we're going to pay you very little, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like places from like uh, India and China and other countries like that. Yeah, it played an important role in the development of music in Trinidad. Since the banning of percussion in the 1880s led to innovations of steel pan music. We're going to talk about that later too. And it's reenacted in the Port of Spain each Carnival Friday. Port of Spain is the capital of Trinidad. Okay, I just looked it up and in Montreal it's called Carry Fiesta. Uh, Jump Up, I guess, is another thing. It's another one. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember what it was for. So once we get into the 1900s, This is when the first song was ever recorded, and this was in 1912 by Lovey's String Band. And then in 1914, the first songs were sung in English by Chantwell Julian White Rose, better known as the Iron Duke, and he was also a a famous Kalinda stick fighter. But the majority of calypsos during the World War I era were instrumentals, and there were not really any recordings of note until the late 20s and 30s, and this is probably due to like the wartime economy constraints 
And the late 20s and 30s is known as like the golden era of Calypso. So Calypso started to be a way of spreading news, like politicians, journalists, and public figures, they would debate the content of each song. And many people we would consider this to be a reliable news source. And a lot of Calypsonians pushed the boundaries of free speech. So the lyrics spread news topics of any topic that was relevant to island life, including speaking out against political corruption. Um, and because because of this, there was a lot of like double entendre in the music. There was pointed references towards the colonial government in Trinidad, but they also talked about like sex, scandals, gossip, politics, local news. They were often insulting other Calypsonians, kind of similar to how classic hip hop used to have like these, you know, rap battles and things yeah. like that. And it caused a lot of shock and outrage as well, just like hip hop. And then there's someone named. Eduardo de Sa Gomez. So he was a Portuguese immigrant who owned a local music and phonograph equipment shop in the port of Spain. And he promoted the genre a lot. He gave a lot of financial support to local artists. In March of 1934, he sent Calypsonians Roaring Lion and Attila the Hun to New York City to record. And they were the first to record abroad. So they brought the genre into like popular culture in North America. Cool. There was also Lord Invader. He's another very famous Calypsonian who followed these two Calypsonians. And he stayed in New York City due to a legal case for his song, Rum and Coca-Cola, which is a very big Calypso song. So it was sung by the Andrews Sisters. This is an American group, like a girl group. Okay. And so basically they took it and they made their own cover of it. And it became this like American hit, despite the actual song being a critical commentary on prostitution. Prostitution, inflation, and other negative influence that came with the American military bases in Trinidad at the time. So these songs were about like important things that were happening in Trinidad. And these American, you know, this American girl group basically took it and made it completely not about that. And it became very popular. So the first major stars that crossed over to new audiences worldwide in the late 30s were Attila the Hun, Roaring Lion, Lord Invader, which we just talked about, and Lord Kitchener. He was one of the longest lasting Calypso stars in history. He released records until his death in the year 2000. And Damn. yeah, so, and Calypso, as we're talking about, it's a form of, basically a form of protest against the authoritarian colonial culture which existed at the time so it was this form of protest against the basically the government and the authoritarian colonial culture at the time so it's like the old school fuck the police yeah so it's like kind of similar to how hip-hop would talk a lot about political things too it's the same it has the same sort of history and i think we talked about it in another episode where we said that like i think it was in a hip-hop episode where we said there's a lot of influence from like caribbean music yeah uh, yeah that's very true so i think that hip-hop probably takes a lot of examples from caribbean culture as well especially the double entendre part yeah oh yeah for uh, sure that's cool. oh we're gonna listen to some songs and and it's it's gonna be very like okay we actually know what they're talking about but the, it sounds like something <laughs> else it's <laughs> i think you're gonna like it actually All right. And Calypso, especially the toned down commercial variant of Calypso, became like this worldwide craze. So we have the Banana Boat song, which I think everyone knows or most mm -hmm. people know. It's actually a traditional Jamaican folk song. So the Banana Boat song, it's also called Deo. It was sung by Harry Belafonte, but it's not his song. Like he just sung it, like he right. recorded it. He recorded it on his album called Calypso. He had an album called Calypso in 1956. And that album sold more than a million copies. But also in 1956, Mighty Sparrow had an international hit with the song Jean and Dina. 
And this song was also a commentary of the widespread prostitution and the prostitutes' desperation after the closing of the U.S. naval base in Trinidad. And then we have another artist called Leonard Depar. Depar. <laughs> he recorded an album in 1956. He was a choral director, so he featured choral arrangements of traditional Christmas music from Trinidad and Barbados. And he has a song called Mary's Little Child Boy. Oh, sorry. The song Mary's Little Child Boy by Jester Harrison. I listened to it and I was like, oh, there's a cover of this song and we're going to listen to it later and you're probably going to know it. Why not just call the song Jesus? Jesus. Mary's little child boy. Mary's Mary's little boy child. Too much in the mouth. Just call it Jesus. Just call it Jesus. <laughs> the song's called Jesus. Straight to the point. <laughs> and then there were a lot of films too. So there was films and theaters that jumped on the Calypso craze. We have the Broadway musical Jamaica in 1957, where Harold Arlen and Yip Harburg parodied the Belafonte style Calypso. And then there's a movie called Island in the Sun by 20th Century Fox that featured Belafonte, so we mentioned that he's an actor. Mm. There's also some movies like Calypso Joe, Calypso Heatwave, uh, sorry, Calypso Heatwave and Bob Girl. Calypso is like so. So these were lower budget films, but they captured the sound, spirit, and the subtleties of the genre. And then, of course, all these American artists and artists of all around the world were sort of, you know, catching on to the trend of Calypso music. So we have Dizzy Gillespie. He records a Calypso album called Jambo Caribe with James Moody and Kenny Barron. And these are all jazz artists. Dizzy Gillespie's jazz artist. And we have another artist called Gary U.S. Bonds. He released an album called Twist Up Calypso in 1962 after returning from his military port post in the port of Spain, which is interesting because the Calypso artists were singing about the military post oh, in Trinidad, man. and he makes an album right after he comes back <laughs> from Trinidad. And he was an R&B and rock and roll artist in the U.S. There is also a musician from Sri Lanka. His name was Niti Kanagaratnam, and he sang Calypso-style songs too. He sang them in Tamils in 1968, and he was known as the father of Tamil popular music, which I was like, whoa, that like you wouldn't have expected that. And mm -hmm. we're going to listen to his song later. All I actually right. really liked it. And women made Calypso music, too. It wasn't just men. They started really making music in the mid 70s. So we have Calypso Rose. She wrote a song called Give Me More Tempo and Come Le We Jam. She was the first woman to win the Calypso King competition. So this is a competition where they would crown the Calypso King. So she was competing with men. And so at the time, they changed the title to Calypso Monarch in her honor. And then from then on, it was also always called Calypso Monarch. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. And did you know that Maya Angelou was also a Calypso singer? That's, I had no idea. So Maya Angelou is, a, is an author and also an activist as well. And she before she became this famous author and writer, as we know her today, she released a Calypso album in 1957. Mm. Yeah, I actually found that out from the Instagram Know Your Caribbean, which it, which talks about Caribbean culture and all that. It also had a lot of commercial interest with a movie released in 1988. I think everyone, a lot of people know this movie. It's Beetlejuice by Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah. And in this movie, so there's two songs by Harry Belafonte. There's the Banana Boat song, which occurs in the dinner scene, the dinner party that. scene. Classic. Yeah. And Jump in the Line, which is at the end of the movie. This is like the first time I've ever heard the song, which I think is common for a lot of people who didn't grow up with Caribbean culture. Mm -hmm. And I, me growing up, like I've always liked the style of, well, the way Caribbean music sounds. I've always thought it was nice. You know, most people like the way it sounds. It's like, oh, island music. But every song, like, you know Gwen Stefani? 
<laughs> she's highly problematic but when i was a kid i liked her and one of my favorite songs was now that you got it and like other songs where she had oh, i think it was that song that she had like this guy like i think he was like a reggae artist and it had a very like caribbean style and i love that song and so <laughs> this was my introduction to caribbean music as a kid is gwen stefani and beetlejuice um, but I'm glad that I was introduced to it because I really like Caribbean music. <laughs> um, Which is funny because I was wondering why you love that scene so much in Beetlejuice. To me, I'm like, why are you going apeshit for this? That's just an iconic scene. But like, yes. as kids, we love that scene. We thought it was so funny, obviously. Mm-hmm. So that was a very big scene that got a lot of popular. Like that song got a lot of popularity because of that movie. Also, The Little Mermaid, so the song Under the Sea was influenced by the Calypso style. It also won an Academy Award for Best Original Song in 1989. So I want to talk also about the socio-political influence in the music. I want to talk a bit more about it. So prior to independence of Trinidad, Calypsonians would use music to describe struggles of living in Trinidad. They would critique racial commentary and economic inequalities. They would express their opinions on the social order. During the colonial era, the black lower class used Calypso to protest their poor economic situation and dis- the discrimination they were subjected to. So it has this whole history behind it of like all these political, like musical protests, basically. And during the independence movement, so in the early 50s until 1962, which was the year of independence, the lyrics heavily criticized the British colonial rule, mm-hmm. you know, as immoral and oppressive to Caribbean people. And we're still hearing that to this day, pretty oh, yeah. much. Like, just this year, Jamaican people were protesting against the colonial rule and, well, every, against the monarchy. <laughs> every country is protesting at this point. Yeah. That's been involved with. Even, um, so, the king, what's his name again? He just got crowned. Uh, no one cares about him. Anyway, you know who he is. He just got crowned. And, pe- and the British people were protesting right outside. Of I don't course. know if you saw those videos. Uh, Yeah, for sure I did. Yeah, so it heavily criticized the British colonial rule, obviously. They included messages of desire for independence and empowerment for people of African descent. There's Neville Marcano. He was known as the Growling Tiger. He was a Calypsonian. He was very noted for this. So he has a song called Abraham Lincoln's Speech at Gettysburg, which used inspiration from Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg, famous Gettysburg Address. Why was he known as a Growling Tiger? Okay, so I'm going to talk about the names later. Like, oh. you'll notice that a lot of the names have these, like, big titles, and we're going to talk about that after. So, Neville Marcano, or the Growling Tiger, he used the inspiration from Lincoln's famous Gettysburg Address to draw on the values of liberty, equality, and democracy. These were three principles that circulated during the nationalist movement in Trinidad. There was Lord Kitchener, who we talked about earlier. He was very noted for politically critical lyrics. He shed grievances on the Windrush generation. So the Windrush generation is when a lot of Caribbean families were migrating to England in response to increased labor labor demands during World War II. So he has a song called Windrush uh, that was recorded in 1948. And there's actually two versions of the song. So the first one expressed gratitude and appreciation for British colonial rule. That one had global popularity. And then the second one was more popular with Caribbean people because it conveyed the story of West Indian immigrants who were facing discrimination and cultural alienation while living in Britain. So it's interesting how the different songs had different popularity. Yeah. Yeah. And then after 1962, so that's independence, it continues to be used for social commentary. So Eric Williams, he was the first prime minister and Mighty Sparrow, who's a Calypsonian, he releases a song called William the Conqueror because Eric Williams, William the Conqueror, 
And the song was to praise the victory of the island. And the music was also used by politicians to promote their political agendas in Calypso competitions. So (laughs) even the politicians were getting into it. The origins of Calypso competitions date back to the early 19th century, post-emancipation, where formerly enslaved people would hold these Calypso wars where they would showcase their singing and dancing. In 1953, there's a similar vibe to this, but it was more politicized. So there was the People's National Movement, They took over as the main organizer of the competitions, and they would use the competitions to combat social and class divisions by attracting participants of varying social status to participate and attend. And the idea was to claim like a national culture identity because it was after independence. So they Mm -hmm. needed to like have this, you know, culture identity that was a national movement and promote national unity. So really interesting stuff. I read an article Ironically, it's by the BBC. (laughs) So an article from the BBC called The Subversive Power of Calypso Music. And it talks about like how Calypso and I said it before, like Caribbean music is often regarded as carefree, lighthearted, but it's actually one of the most political of all music traditions. Mm -hmm. So it combines these like joyful sounds. So we, when we hear it, we think it's very like joyful and happy, but it combines that with these serious and often subtle social commentary. There's a lot of misconceptions also about Harry Belafonte's popularity. So we said that he actually has Jamaican ancestry and his most famous song is not actually Calypso, apparently. So the Banana Boat song. So it's a call and response work song from the point of view of work of dock workers working the night shift, loading bananas onto the ships. Right. So the lyrics describe how daylight comes and they want to go home. Their Mm -hmm. shift is over. They want the tally man to come and count the bananas. So it's it has it's a Jamaican folk song. It so I'm actually reading the Wikipedia article about it and it's had it says the song has Mento influences. So we said Mento was like the Jamaican version of Calypso. Right. Yeah, so Harry Belafonte has these like misconceptions about it. So a lot of people say that the album he created called Calypso is a celebration of Jamaica and it has nothing to do with Trinidad. Which you could argue that's the case because if you listen to the songs. I mean he has Jamaican heritage, exactly. so of course he's gonna sing about that. But the Calypsonian, the mighty chalk dust, he challenged Harry Belafonte. He challenged the false images of the island of Trinidad and its music. He was singing about how Trinidad is not Jamaica and Belafonte is not Kaiso. It's not Calypso. Mm-hmm. Another interesting fact about Calypso. So we were talking about this earlier. So after the Canboulet riots in 1881, so these riots were like a series of revolts during the Canboulet festival after emancipation, where percussion music was banned, probably because the colonial rule was like, oh, this percussion is making people riot. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact reason. That's my that's what I'm thinking it is. Yeah. And so because of that, because percussion was banned, they had to get inventive with how they were going to make music. So that's when steel pans were created. That's so, you so know, like cool. steel pan music. Yeah. It was invented from frying pans, dustbin lids, and oil drums so they could continue making music. And I don't know about you, but I love the sound of a steel pan. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. It sounds like... It's like... It resonates. So it's it's so kind cool. of like our, our drum. What's it called? Steel tongue drum. Yeah. Which comes from a completely different part of the world. But it, it has like the similar, like when you play it, it sounds so nice. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. So that was a really interesting part to me. It's like they ba- they ban percussion. They're like, well, we're going to play on frying pans. Mm-hmm. And then it ends up sounding really cool. Yeah. And you'll notice, like you said before, why was he named? What was the name that you were talking about? Where you're like, why was he named that? 
The Growling Tiger. The Growling Tiger. So you'll notice that a lot of Calypsonians have these like outlandish names like Attila the Hun, the Mighty Terror, Macbeth the Great, and Lord Invader. A lot of lords too, Lord Kitchener. Mm -hmm. So they use a lot of like bravado in their music as well as their names and a lot of innuendo too. And basically when they were performing and when they were doing their competitions, they would challenge each other with like these performances of prowess and ingenuity. And, uh, yeah, that's basically why they have all these big... And a lot of them are, like, historical names, too. Like, people of history. Well, people back William in those days uh, loved history. Like, I remember I was having a conversation with my dad years ago when I was younger. And he's talking about, you know, people that set out to sail, like Christopher Columbus. Mm -hmm. My dad was just like, my favorite one was Vasco da Gama. I'm like, why? He was just my favorite. I don't know. <laughs> What the hell was that? Your dad just studied explorers and had a favorite. Yeah, he's like, we just had favorite explorers. So. <laughs> okay. Well, he also like went to school during the British colonial rule in Jamaica. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 But it was just funny. He had a favorite explorer. Was, he had a favorite explorer. That was great. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, a lot of historical references. Uh, lots of songs and musicians were censored and banned. Even there's a song called The Banning of Records by Attila the Hun. That was banned as well. How so, ironic. Yeah, I know. So this article talks about a whole bunch of different things. They talk about Calypsonians speaking directly to politicians in their song, even offering solutions to social problems. So there's some songs that just like get straight to the point with the title. So there's a song called How to Stop Delinquency. And in the lyrics, it's like, outlaw retrenchment, create more employment. This is by Mighty, Mighty Leveler. There's a song called Build More Trade Schools by Mighty Prowler. <laughs> and it's about the importance of vocational you know, it's education. Great. It's I'm, actually really cool. I'm not even cool. making fun of it. I just love how straight to the point those titles are. It's like, yeah, here you go. Why don't you build more trade schools? I'm going to sing about that. Maybe you should do that. That's cool. And then we have Mighty Sparrow who sang in defense of income tax with the song Pay. And another song called You Can't Get Away From The Tax. <laughs> Some of the most acclaimed songs also address racial segregation in the U.S. So we have a song by Lord Invader called Crisis in Arkansas. We have a song called Heading North by Mighty Terror, which talks about the color bar in the southern states. Uh, we have like growing class consciousness, consciousness with the uh, song Black is Beautiful by Mighty Duke. There are some songs as well that like shame mixed race people for passing as white. So there's a song Black or White by Lord Kitchener. And the lyrics are, you can never get away from the fact if you're not white, you're considered black. And a lot of mixed race Trinidadians as well are excluded from like conversations about race. Even though Trinidad is very ethnically diverse, so it, it kind of reflects the tensions of like the Indo-Trinidadian community. In Trinidad especially, there's like a big community of people that have Indian descent. And I feel like you can kind of relate to that, Drew. You have a very mixed background you're as well. I'm straight I'm very fucking proud of it. Yeah, so I feel like... Yeah, especially in Trinidad, it's very mixed race. In Jamaica, too. I mean, the motto is like, out of one, many people. Uh-huh. So there are some tensions between the people of mixed race, people of mostly African descent. You know, it happens in all countries. It's obviously going to happen in the Caribbean as well. Anywhere and everywhere. Yeah, it happens everywhere. So this was reflected in the music, too. It was reflected in Calypso music. And we, they talk about the women as well in this article. They talk about Calypso Rose. They also talk about another Calypsonian singing Sandra. So she was the second monarch. So like the Calypso monarch competitions we talked about. And she had songs that critiqued poverty in a song called Voices from the Ghetto. She had a song called Die With My Dignity that was about sexual exploitation. So talking about issues that affected women. Mm -hmm. And she had a song called Na Leven, which is which was a song about the rejection of emigration. So Lord Kitchener, when he left during the Windrush, 
he wrote a song called London is the place for me. And so some people reacted against that. So she wrote a song called Now Leaving, you know. Mm-hmm. Now it talks about the Andrews cover, the Andrew sisters cover. And it talks about it being like a sanitized version of the Lord Invader song. So that song about prostitution. Right. Because it stripped the original of the critique of prostitution. And it said that, so it said that critics say that the that Carnival and the diaspora, so Carnival and all these other cities in like London and Toronto and New York is losing its social consciousness. So they're sort of critiquing how it's not about like the social and political commentary anymore. But in Trinidad, the the political tradition continues. And this is like a rare example of a true democratic art form. We even have a song as early as, well, as early as 2003, or as late as 2003, called More Elections the Better by Contender, who's another Calypsonian. So the tradition is continuing to this day. And that's basically what I have about Calypso. I hope I did it justice. I know that I went very quickly with like the history of it all. And I tried to watch as many like videos about it too to (laughs) make myself informed because I knew nothing about Calypso music basically. All I knew was like Harry Belafonte. (laughs) I mean, I knew what that song was about, like the Banana Boat song. But like Calypso in general, I was like, wow, that's a like really interesting history. What did you think about it, Drew? It was like you said, very like I had no idea about anything you yeah. said prior to starting this pod. So it makes me want to go and research all the other different styles from the Caribbean. Like I want to know about Mento now, because your mom said that she listened to Mento when she was a child, because that's the Jamaican form, right? And it's a perfect thing that you started this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to discover all these music genres, and now we're gonna get into the, like the listening of the songs, which is gonna be fun, because we're gonna actually hear what these calypsonians were singing about and like the social i'm more interested in hearing about the names and the meanings the names of the artists (laughs) or like the uh innuendos and the uh especially the innuendos (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a lot you know it's funny because it reminds me of how like i remember hearing well obviously we know rock and roll music was started by like black people in the united states Mm -hmm. and a lot of their songs were very like sexual innuendos and stuff like that in the beginning i don't remember the name of the artist but uh yeah i feel like people in the caribbean are not shy to talk about these things or sing about these things so that's where i get it from anyway now we're gonna listen to some music so let's get into that all right so the first song we're gonna listen to is called mango Vert, and it's by lovey's string band so this is like the first one of the first recorded songs you're gonna notice that it sounds very old i think it's from like 1912 or something yeah so this is that song it's the I mean, it's just instrumental, so there's no singing. (laughs) A lot of the early songs were like that. And then we have, so this is one of the first songs that had lyrics or vocals. This is Iron Duke in the Land by Julian White Rose. So 
it's called Iron Duke in the Land. To be honest, I didn't hear a word he said. I think he's saying Iron Duke in the Land Fire Brigade. You got that? Or did well, you read lyrics? I, the title of the song is called Iron Duke in the Land. And I think it's... Let, well, let's look it up. You know, I didn't even look at the look up the lyrics, but I just looked them up now, and it is Fire Brigade. Bring the locomotive just because it's a fire federation. I wonder what they're talking about. Does it have a description? No, it doesn't. It was a modern manifestation of that early salvation. Sorry, of that elderly civilization that in the carnival celebration of the social organization, which causes the minds and extension of all the population. Oh, so he's all he's kind of talking about like the social side or the socio-political side of carnival music in the song oh okay that's really interesting okay cool Cool. so that's iron duke in the land by julian white rose next we have congo barra by kiss kitty trio I think this song was the one that was sung in, oh my god, what's it called? In Creole, in French Creole. Oh yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think that's why I, that's why I added it to the list. Yeah, because we said some of the first songs were sung in French Creole and then it turned into English. Right. So that's Congo Barrow by Kiss Kitty Trio. Okay, the next song we're going to play is Mary Ann by Roaring Lion. So I don't know what the meaning of this song is. I think it has sort of like a sexual innuendo in it, though. I mean, all day, all night, Miss Marianne. I think that's like the... It says that the original Calypso was racier and was cleaned up in the contemporaneous popular recording. Oh, recording. Okay. So that's Mary Ann by Roaring Lion. And also they would talk about... So this song is called Women is Not the Weaker Sex by Attila the Hun. So singing about like... Huh, well, we're just going to play the song. <laughs> So he's talking about how yeah. modern women are like, you mm-hmm. know, able to fight and all that. And next song I have, okay, so this, should we listen to the original Rum and Coca-Cola by Lord Invader, or should we listen to the Andrews Sisters version first? We'll listen to the Andrews Sisters first, then the original. We'll see, we'll see how they compare. Mm-hmm. So this is the Andrews Sisters, the American group. <laughs> Thank you. 
Trinidad, they make you feel so very glad. Calypso sing and make a rhyme, guarantee you one real good fine time. Drinking rum and Coca-Cola, throw down point Kumana. Okay, it's making me uncomfortable. That was horrible. <laughs> Oh my god so they're just talking about how like going to trinidad will make you happy and you can drink rum and coca-cola now let's listen to the original by lord invader so much better <laughs> yeah it already sounds better with me obviously they're talking about how the women are you know visiting the yankees the americans Mm -hmm. and it's about like the prostitution in the american military bases yeah so they completely took the song and just made it that was about trinidad and rum yeah (laughs) okay so next song we've got here is called okay so this song has a lot of innuendo in it this is called dr kitch by lord kitchener You know it? Wait a minute, you know this song? It's played on my house when I was younger. Oh my god, okay. It must have been my dad with his friends. That that makes sense if you listen to the lyrics. It's a very like... Yeah. to go further but i think everyone knows what he's saying about I <laughs> he's not talking it. about needles <laughs> you I know it's it. funny because i listened to this song on youtube and i was looking at the comments and all of the people were like oh i used to hear this in my house growing up and my parents would laugh at the lyrics and so you had the same experience pretty much yeah <laughs> just a bunch of drunk old men <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. sipping away at their rum yeah so that's dr kitch by lord kitchener the next song is Sugar Bum Bum by Lord Kitchener. Same artist. Oh, yeah. Do you know this one too? Of course. Okay. Thank you. 
really big one because it's Andrew knows it too. <laughs> <laughs> the next song to- is called Birth of Ghana, also by Lord Kitchener. Let's play that one. of mass 1957 when the gold coast successfully get the independence official Ghana Ghana is the name Ghana we wish to proclaim we will be challenging Mary and King the 6th of March Independence Day So he's talking about the, um, it's called Birth of Ghana. It's basically about Ghana's independence. Mm-hmm. And it was a tribute to the Ghanaian people because, well, he literally is talking about it in the song. He's saying like independence on the 6th of March, 1957. And basically that was like a big moment for black people around the world. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into Harry Belafonte. This is the most famous song, I think, of Calypso. This is called Banana Boat or Deo. So that part obviously was like a big moment in the movie because yeah. it's it kind of sounds like scary in a way. It's, I think that's the not scary, but in this in the movie they make it as like the scary moment when like Beetlejuice comes out or something. Right. I think. Yeah, but he's talking about the bunches of bananas, <laughs> six foot seven foot, <laughs> like how big they are. And to me, the song sounds so different than all the other songs. Like, you can tell it's not like the Calypso songs that we were just listening to Mm -hmm. before. It's a different style. But Harry Belafonte had a lot of other big hits. This one your mom was singing, like, just yesterday. This is called Jamaica Farewell. talking about like things that you can i mean like he says aki rice salt fish are nice those are 
foods that you eat in Jamaica. Yeah. I think it's like the national dish of Jamaica. Mm, yeah, ackee and saltfish. Yeah, ackee yeah. and saltfish. Yeah, right. Mom did sing that a lot. Yeah, well, she was literally talking about it yesterday, and I <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny. I just, you know, heard that song. I didn't know that was Harry's song, to be honest. Yeah, and you know, when I was listening to it for the first time the other day, I was like, this sounds like that song in The Little Mermaid, Kiss the Girl. <laughs> like, it literally almost has the same, like, you know, music. Yeah. Anyway, the next song is was also featured in Beetlejuice by Harry Belafonte. It's called Jump in the Line. so that's at the end of the movie when she's like up in the yeah. air dancing with the yeah, ghosts because yeah, yeah, yeah. they got their house back uh, i realize on the album cover it says jump up calypso and i think this song is like related to carnival and like jump up is related to carnival because mm-hmm. i remember reading about that somewhere next uh this is gene and dina by Mer- mighty sparrow another song that we talked about <laughs> so if you're listening to the lyrics like we talked about earlier it's about the closing of the u.s naval base in trinidad and Mm -hmm. the prostitutes have nowhere to go they're going on the street corners right okay (laughs) this next song it was it was another list of like most popular Calypso songs, mm-hmm. and your mom sang this one a lot. <laughs> this is called "Only a Fool Breaks His Own Heart" by Mighty Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I keep fooling myself when I know? I feel like she might be singing a different version though. Next is another Mighty Sparrow song. This is called Short Little Shorts. Lord 
So he's talking about how the governor changed a law when he saw this because the policeman arrested this woman, I guess, because she wasn't dressed mm-hmm. appropriately. And the government, governor was like, no, leave her alone. I love seeing her in their shorts. <laughs> I on. guess this is about corruption. <laughs> yeah. So I love how straightforward those lyrics are. I know. Are. It's literally like you read it and you're like, well, we know what he's talking There's about. There's no hidden meaning to the lyrics. It's <laughs> what I say is what it is. <laughs> okay. This is the Christmas song. So I'm going to play the song song that we probably... Well, I know it. I don't know if you know it, but I'm going to play this. This is uh, Mary's Boy Child. Mary's Boy Child, Jesus Christ, was born on Christmas Day. And man will live forevermore because of Christmas Day. Bonnie M, mm-hmm. which is the disco group. Yeah. True? That you're not you're not vibing. <laughs> I mean, I've heard that song in my house a lot over yeah. the years. Same. Oh my god, that song like plays all the time at Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's a very popular Christmas song. And you hear the like the steel drums in the yeah. background and all that. <laughs> um, but this is the original. This is Mary's Little Boy Child by Jester Harrison. advance a little bit (laughs) oh i think it's just orchestra (laughs) i'm like waiting for lyrics i just realized it's just anyways that's mary little's boy child the uh, orchestral version (laughs) anyone wants to know okay this is the uh sri lankan singer niti kanagaratnam this is china mamiye I love it. Mm-hmm. I love the way it sounds in Tamil. <laughs> yeah. And so the next song is... Okay, so this is when Trinidad got their independence and Eric Williams was named the first prime minister. Mm-hmm. Mighty Sparrow wrote a song called William the Conqueror. This is that song. <laughs> Mighty 
no afraid to talk. Who don't like it could take a walk. Fight, finish, no booze, no cuts. But a man fall down on the guts. People call him Praise Little Eric. Rejoice and be glad. We have a better future than Eric Trinidad. PNM. If they have nobody like them. So he's saying PNM, it ain't have nobody like them. I think PNM is people people's national movement. So they're talking about like politicians and stuff like okay. that. Okay. And praise little Eric, Eric Williams, the first prime minister. Why they got him calling little like that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> praise little Eric. Maybe he was little. That's okay. not nice. <laughs> The next song, so this is by Maya Angelou. This is called Run Joe. Oh. by Calypso Rose. So this is another female singer or Calypsonian. She's the Calypso monarch. This is Fire In Me Wire. That's more like it. was a good one yeah sounds more like the music i grew up listening to yeah <laughs> when you listen when you think of calypso it's yeah like, that's what you think of okay this one i think like when i heard it i was like oh my god i know this this is called hot 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 by arrow <laughs> i think everyone <laughs> knows this one <laughs> Everyone has heard this at a wedding before. Oh, for sure. Anywhere. Anywhere. But definitely a wedding. It's a wedding song. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we play at our wedding? No. There you go. So it wasn't at every Well, wedding. we didn't have a regular wedding. <laughs> <laughs> we also didn't play the Macarena, so. You're right. Thank goodness. Thank you. 
no problem. Okay, I only have a few left, but I still want to play them. So this is No Doctor No by Mighty Sparrow. They have a popular King Sparrow and the situation in Trinidad. because you can hear the like anger in his voice because he's talking about how he he voted for people and now they have them in the pen and they promised all these things and now they're raising prices and things like that it's like he's very obvious about it and it's Mm -hmm. it's all in this calypso song okay and they also talk about like family relations and like things like that so this is called shame and scandal in the family oh this is another one your mom (laughs) talked to me about is that the one that ends with the daddy and your daddy yeah (laughs) oh man i've heard this one my whole life she was telling me about it and she was like telling me like about what it means and all that and and she's like you don't know that song i'm like no i don't know that song i've heard about this song song. since i was like five years old and (laughs) She's played it for me. It's great. It's by Lord Tanimo. the whole song tells the story and you have to listen to it all to find out at the end what this the scandal is but yeah basically in the beginning he wants this guy wants to marry this girl but his dad's like no you can't because that girl's actually your sister but your mom doesn't know about it and it goes on like that in the story until you find out something at the end that's like you know even more scandalous so Mm -hmm. that's like kind of the premise of the song this is, I think, the Jamaican version, but I think there is, like, a, a song originally from Trinidad, but yeah. I chose this one because I think it's the one that your mom was showing yeah. me. We have three songs left. I wanted to play these songs. So this is David Rudder. This is, like, a very big song. It's called Rally Round the West Indies. So let's play that one first. And this is a bit later on. This is in the 80s, late 80s.
Music you can dance to that has a message. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought? Okay, and I wanted to play this song too because I just watched an episode of Atlanta with my sister. My sister was the one who showed me the episode, but basically, like, it's about this kid. So these like rich white people, they have a nanny who's from Trinidad for their kid, and she passes away. And then they go to the funeral and they start realizing that the kid has picked up on all these like Trinidadian like you know sayings and <laughs> is saying things in Patois and things like that. And so the nanny is singing this song to the kid and he knows the song and it's called Trini Tutti Bone. So this is that <laughs> song. It's also by David Rudder. Islands in the sun Islands in the In the show, the kid is saying sweet, sweet TNT, just like because that's what the nanny was saying to him. And <laughs> the parents are all like, how do you know all this stuff? Uh, it's a good it's a good episode. I recommend watching oh, that's it. cool. Yeah. OK, the last song I want to play is Not Leaving by Denise Plummer. much of it but like already the lyrics like she's saying like oh people are always telling me my country is very dangerous and all these things and like people tell me i should leave and she's like no way i'm not leaving um why is this reminding me of like some people some people in my family who refused to leave lebanon even though like i know who you speak <laughs> yeah so my family well half of my family comes from lebanon and obviously some of them have came to live in canada others have stayed it's kind of the sim same similar like sentiment where it's like no this is my country i'm not gonna leave like no matter what happens mm -hmm. um a lot of people are like that in many different countries it's like this pride they have for their country and it's similar to some people in the in the Caribbean. Right. Yeah. So that's what that song is about. I thought that was a good one to end it on. No, that was. <laughs> good choice. Yeah. Um, so that's Calypso. Drew, anything you want to say about it? Or did you enjoy listening to the music? Yeah, I didn't realize there was How songs... How much you would know. <laughs> from my childhood, I'll remember, but 
didn't realize my parents actually listened to Calypso that much. I think it's because there's a lot of songs that get covered by probably Jamaicans who cover the songs and then it gets popular in Jamaica too. Very true, but I remember my parents saying they had uh, mixtapes from friends that made them and they listened to it from time to time. Yeah. So, no, it was cool to revisit that, honestly. Yeah, no, I really liked it. Like, someone, as someone who didn't really know anything about Calypso, I was like, like, the history itself was super interesting no, to me. No, that was very cool, yeah. So, to, to hear that it's still kind of happening in the music today, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I'm going to be listening to more and more Calypso. I think this is the... Uh, uh, there were so many songs. Like, I wanted to put so many that had, like, all of these, like talking about these things like not even just political things like the one shame and scandal in the family there was other songs like that that talk about like you know there was one that was like talking about oh i have a son and he looks chinese why does he look chinese and it's talking (laughs) about like the you know the fact that the caribbean in general is so mixed but like he's talking about in trinidad like Mm -hmm. there's people of chinese descent indian descent Yeah, so, you know, it, these kinds of things are topics that were talked about in so many different, mm-hmm. um, in so many different Calypso songs. Like we said earlier in the episode, I'm a byproduct of all that mix. Exactly, I thought you would like that. It's yeah. like, a lot of these songs we're talking about that. Some of them are sort of against that, <laughs> you know, there's some tensions racially, that's normal. It's okay, I like tension and confrontation. <laughs> Truly, like, yeah, I'll show okay, you. Okay, fam? No, I'm joking, <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> yeah, so I, I thought that was really cool, and, um, oh yeah. Next time, it's going to be a fun one because Drew and I are going to a concert this oh, week. Oh, no way. The next, the next episode, we'll be covering that genre of music that we'll be listening to at this concert. Drew, I think you're going to have fun with that one. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but we won't reveal what that is. We're going to talk about that next time. So thank you so much for listening to I Listen to Everything. I hope you enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I'm glad. And uh, with that, we are gone. Till next time. Till next time. Bye.